On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the JBTV Podcast. Each and every show is dedicated to great music lovers. Are you ready? The podcast starts right here, right now. New music now. So how are you doing, Lauren? I'm fantastic. How are you, Jerry? I got to say how... Well, I'm doing great. I got to say how great you are on the radio and everything and uh, how you're doing such a good job. And, And you are always on top of the music and going to events. I think that's awesome. Yes, to my own detriment. <laughs> I just need about two or three more of me and I'll be good. <laughs> uh-huh. So you did an awesome, uh, you were at Lollapalooza. Lollapalooza. And, and Riot Fest. Riot and, Fest. And then you've got all these festivals and everything happening. And so, after uh, parties. And I just don't know how to say no, I yeah, guess. Yeah. Um, yes, and then we had a very special show with the Smashing Pumpkins at the Metro, who you... Obviously, have filmed them there multiple times. Yeah, yeah. So that was incredible. Well, uh, William Patrick Corgan <laughs> is uh, is an amazing artist. What's that thing with these done with? If you notice the makeup he has on, he had. Uh, is it the Ash? I don't know. It's, uh, from, it's some um, kind of <laughs> Ash Wednesday. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not one to speculate on people's religious symbolism or. <laughs> well, he's, he's always, always doing, doing stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and his beguiled video. He's got he's got this like dress or something mm-hmm. on. You know, remember the uh, Primus video uh, where he had all the people dancing behind him and the uh, Mr. Bungle. Oh yeah. It sort of has that feel. Had that vibe for sure. Yeah. It was so cool because you know that video was recorded live. Which I thought is not, you know, revolutionary by any means, but definitely is not the way that things are done anymore. Um, so yeah, it was all filmed live on the spot, choreographed. Um, his kids were in it, his partner Chloe. So the whole band, obviously, it was really well done. Well, he he does the best stuff too. Yeah, you know, Dude, this new song. music is great too. It's so amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I remember the first time I saw them with the Gish concert at uh, Chicago's Metro. What year was that? Oh, God, I don't remember. I know the 93 show that we taped uh, was Siamese Dream, and that was a great show. Did you, you remember? Know? Oh, I remember. What year? No, the first time you saw Smashing Pumpkins, was it at the Metro? It had to be at the Metro, yeah. We yeah. weren't taping it, though, so it was, no. a few, it was the Gish when Gish came Wait, out. Wait, you were an actual concert goer once? Well, yeah, sort of. <laughs> Not working? I can't even blow my mind right now. Well, I I only feel comfortable at concerts as either I'm in the back where nobody cares. Production. Or I'm running a camera. Yeah. Or a jib arm or something. I just love running. To me, that's the best, you know. I don't know. You look good on stage. I've been on multiple stages with you and... A lot of times at the Metro. Yeah. Well, the Metro is an amazing you know, place. Well, so, you're uh, an amazing dude, and this city loves you very much. So, Well, it's so happy to have you here at JBTV. Happy to be here. Yeah. I like your new digs. Yeah. Well, I didn't, I don't, you know, throughout, when I went through my stage for colon and lung cancer, which I'm now over that, and then I had the quadruple bypass surgery. Yes. No big deal. Nah, just but I got to tell you what got me through all this music mm-hmm. and I, I i see so many people because uh, i do stuff with immerman angels i'm a uh, uh what do you want to call it a angel mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and uh people that i talk to the same cancer i had and they get so depressed and they have nothing to do because they go home and well after i do chemo as you know mm-hmm. oh we got <laughs> i got a show to make we have a show coming we got work in. to do yeah and i think that's what keeps people healthy so if anytime anybody you know gets sick make sure that they keep doing something they love doing it's like remember when people retire mm-hmm. and how like later on in their life they, they seem to just like age quickly yeah yeah and the ones like look at some of the famous rock groups that are still rocking mm-hmm. <laughs> so oh my gosh look at um the rolling stones those guys I mean, look at you, the ageless wonder. <laughs> well, you're the ageless wonder. You look great. So, you know. Thanks. Yeah. It's the Malort. Is that what you. And it's the concert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you must. So, what was the highlights of Riot Fest this year that uh, you liked? Oh, there's so much. Um, I was trying to pack so much into a small weekend, mm-hmm. which um, we always do with Riot Fest. Um, definitely a highlight was finally seeing the Luna Chicks. Uh-huh who is a band that I have listened to for decades and 
wasn't they weren't even on my radar that they were still touring and then when i saw the first wave of the lineup i lost it and said okay i gotta plan my whole weekend around making sure because you know when you're working a festival it's hard to stop and watch right you know if you're collecting content if you're doing interviews running around trying to um you know, get all the work part done. So I had to schedule my whole weekend around that. So that was a personal highlight for sure. Um, I made it to two after parties. So like a crazy person after being on the air all day, then out in Douglas Park for Riot Fest all night, Mm -hmm. going out Friday, I went to Reggie's for Amberlynn, who are always incredible. Yeah. Um, And just sounded amazing. Um, compare, you know, when you juxtapose the, these intimate small club shows, right after seeing them in front of tens of thousands of people in Douglas Park, it's just such a cool, mm-hmm. I don't know, change of pace, I guess, <laughs> to hear the same songs in a different setting on the same day. Um, and then Saturday, I was able to catch Jimmy World at the Metro, mm-hmm. another late night. Um, but th- they're just so great. I don't know. I just, I want to be everywhere and do everything. Well, so. that's what good radio people do. They're out with the public at the shows. And you were always tweeting out pictures of, viewer, of viewers, well, listeners, yeah. <laughs> that you run into and everything. So. We have a really great group of people. Actually, we have a Facebook group that they started called Crew Members. And it's such a neat idea because I feel like so many people now meet online whether they ever meet in person or they just know of other people from Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, people they follow, people that they admire for whatever reason. And this is a space where they have a common interest, which is Q101, which is incredible. Um, And then it gives them a chance to meet each other in real life with our events, our concerts, our gigs, um, you know, station events, our lounges. So it's it's kind of turned into this little family that started with a bunch of strangers that just happened to listen to the same radio station and now some friends as close as family. And yeah. Well, they've grown up with, uh, just like with JBTV, yep. you know, uh, Q101 was a brand new station that came mm-hmm. in right after a 93XRT was sort of there. Yep. And then they took over the alternative. Of course, I've been doing alternatives since 1984, just saying. Didn't you invent it? <laughs> <laughs> Who invents alternative? I just would play great uh, music. You it know? was just a magical little gift given by the rock and alternative gods yeah and i gotta say it was such a great honor to have you on your first television thing was on jbtv Mm. wasn't it Mm -hmm. you just threw me on camera yeah (laughs) just like i do and you did a great job i mean you're like a natural you should be on one of the national uh well if mtv was still doing music (laughs) they act like they do they still do the award shows i don't see how you do award shows when you don't even play the music that are there you know yeah yeah so uh, yeah, I used to like Matt Pinfield, you know, uh, with One Twenty mm-hmm. Minutes. He was he was like one of these he's music. He's still doing it, yeah. Yeah, he was. He's like an encyclopedia of music, you yeah. know. Oh yeah, this song, and they went on tour, and they did this. I, on the other hand, <laughs> I just a fan. You know? I think that guy memorized every single album liner notes that has ever been written. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that guy knows everything about everything. But the fact that they took them off the air, though, you know, I thought that was crappy, you know, because yeah. I, you know, they always look. Well, you got to have a certain demo, you got to look this way, got to, you know, do that. But to me, it's all about the music. You sure. Know? Well, he's still involved in the music industry. He still does radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, fun fact: if you you know Brian Phillips, who is mm-hmm. the host of the History of Alternative, not the original JBTV History of Alternative, but the Q One Hundred and One History of Alternative, which is good enough <laughs> that we air every Sunday starting at eight a.m. Um, also a musical encyclopedia, the smartest guy I know about anything you could ever want to know about any band, any song. He interned under Matt Pinfield. Oh, really? That's how he got to start in Jersey, New York. Um, and he's just, he's a living legend too. I get to work with him. That's pretty cool. Well, when I talked to Matt Pinfield, why didn't Ryan Mano when he was with us? Uh, he was one, another one of the, uh, Q101. Mm -hmm. Uh, wait a minute. I, (laughs) I'm ready to say 101 WKQX, but it's Q101. It's it's amazing how hard it was to learn to say it the way it should be. And now it's like funny to say it the way it, you know, so it just shows you how when you repetition and Mm -hmm. say things on the radio over and over. It's like riding a bike. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, he watched, uh, Matt Pinfield actually watched some of my early shows, and we were on WOR in New York. 
So okay. he was one of my viewers Ooh. way back when. Yeah. I wonder if he ever got an autographed JBTV shirt. Probably not. No. Okay. <laughs> Did he get a Jerry doll? No. Okay. There's only two left, and I have them both here. So that's. Uh, well, I have one. Yeah. At my house. Yeah. <laughs> I love this guy. <laughs> Yeah, actually, they're Jerry Garcia dolls that uh, one of our interns put a JBTV shirt on. They're Jerry Bryant dolls. <laughs> I mean, let's get a side by side here. Hey, <laughs> see, it's he is, in the okay. camera there. Yeah, there you he go. He needs to be lightened a little bit. Yeah, it's it, his you gray's know, a little dark. This is back when I had. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just throw him back over there. So yeah, I gave that was one of my fundraising ideas. You know, I'll get like a thousand of these dolls. Mm-hmm. And I just gave them away to everybody. It was like, well, we're going to give whenever bands had come in, mm-hmm. you know, like, uh, I don't know, some of the different bands that say, oh, their kids like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, playing with the doll or something. I feel so. like every band that I would interview with you would end up with at least one Jerry doll. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and T-shirts, you know. Yeah. But JBTV has just been a labor of love. It has mm-hmm. never been a profit-making center. I've lost money on it. And- I know. And you're a giver. And so you need to tell all of us what we can do to help you now. Nothing. I'm I'm just here to give out music. No, I, what can we do? Well, you know, I need some need? big corporate sponsor like there T we Mobile. Go. <laughs> Come on, T Mobile, what else? American Express would be another good one. That would be a great one. <laughs> give us some cards. I'd we say one of the liquor bounces. companies, but I don't drink, so you know. Yeah. It's, How about uh, Diet Coke? Oh Diet Coke, yeah. Oh, God, yeah, that's got, what keeps the show running if you don't know. I got it right here, yeah. It's always got a jug of it hidden behind the console. <laughs> Yep, see? <laughs> see, now this is worth $100,000, Diet Coke. There you go. Don't you want to get in on, oh my gosh, America's longest running music television program. It out is. of the heart of the Windy City, downtown Chicago, JBTV. Yeah, I have not missed an episode. in. Uh, thir- it, we hit 39 years in October of 2022. So one more year, I'm going to sort of catch up to the Metro's 40th. Wow. <laughs> are we gonna do to celebrate i don't know probably nothing <laughs> that's not true we'll we'll roll up a fat one and we will drink some diet coke and celebrate yeah well that's good <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about new music that you're discovering right now there's a lot of it right now um and a lot of really interesting bands um i feel are coming out and starting to really push those boundaries of alternative mm-hmm. which is what i've always loved about the genre in itself is it's not you can't define it like what is alternative that could be the argument till the end of days because right. it's everything it's literally got its fingers in every other genre of music there's bands that lean you know hip hop or folky like Mumford and Sons mm-hmm. or um, dancey like Bob Moses is not a brand new band but they're finally starting to really break out and get some notoriety um one of my favorite new bands that we're playing right now, um, this song Love Brand New, is just so catchy. Um, but alternative can be anything and is everything. Um, there's a new band called Giovanni and the Hired Guns mm-hmm. that actually, their first Lollapalooza they played. Um, so I got a chance to chat with Gio and they're just this little band out of Texas and their song Ramon Ayala is just like the biggest hit right now um, on the station. We got a big surprise coming with those guys very soon. Um, my gosh, there's just so much. Maggie Rogers has a great new song. We just started playing. What song is that? Uh, Want Want. Uh huh. Does she have a video? I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. Ah. Where would I see it? MTV doesn't play videos. Well, I'm going to play. You're going to need to play it. Okay. Hi, I'm Lauren O'Neill from Q101. And I'm Jerry Bryant, and this is a great edition of JVTV from the heart of the Windy City, downtown Chicago. Now, Lauren O'Neill is amazing. She was one of on, on one of our first television shows, and she's a natural for TV. <laughs> Not only is she great in radio, but she's amazing on television. She's beautiful, and you know she knows the music and cares about the music. She goes to all these festivals. She goes to after shows. She's killing herself. <laughs> Partying with these bands. Literally. (laughs) Somebody's got to do it. So, Lauren, tell me when you first started in radio. What got you into doing radio? Oh, man. Um, That was when I was in college. I went to the University of Florida in Gainesville. And I don't, there's just a day I was, um, you know, 
going to school full time, working three jobs. I was a bud girl and a bartender. And I would always request to work these nights that the local radio station would put bands in Mm -hmm. um, and put shows on. And I I was a dance minor. Really? (laughs) And a public relations major. And I was driving to school one day and doing my typical just you know, beating my dashboard and doing a drum solo. And then I just felt like this epiphany just washed over my body. And I said, wait, the reason why you like dance is because you like music. Right. And the reason why you always want to work these nights at the bar is because you love live music. And how can you, inc- like moving forward after graduation, what do you really want to do? Um, and so I just approached the radio station, uh, Rock 104, which is no longer RIP, unfortunately. Oh, jeez. But it was this amazing resource located on campus. So it was a college station, mm-hmm. but it was independent out of the state of Florida. So it was a 100,000-watt tower. Wow. I mean, huge station that went all the way up to Georgia, you know, all the way down south. And I just threw myself into it and learned any aspect of the business that I could in my tenure there. And then when it was time to graduate, um, I either wanted to stay in Gainesville and parlay kind of what I had been working on. I really got involved with the local scene there. The local music scene in Gainesville is just amazing. I mean, this is where Against Me came from and Hot Water Music and Less Than Jake and uh, Tom Petty and just so many talented musicians and such a cool scene um, so I did want to stay there. <clears throat> I felt that my purpose might be to be that bridge of, for whatever reason, these local bands didn't get there yet. Mm-hmm. They hadn't gotten the record deal. They haven't gotten the notoriety. But I have the ability to put them on this huge radio station on this show that I would do weekly, Locals Only. Um, I would bring them in town, book them on our showcases once a week, the locals only showcase. I would host, I would book, I would do the radio show. Um, And I just loved it. It gave me life. Um, And it just didn't work out. The opportunity was not in Gainesville. So um, my hometown is Tampa. Mm -hmm. So I went down there and just started shaking some hands and landed my dream job at the radio station I grew up listening to my whole life, 98 Rock. Um, And I was there for... A long time. Wow. I think uh, I did TV commercials for that. Probably. Uh, with Joe <laughs> Kelly. I worked with Joe Kelly with a company called Super Spots. Yeah. And we did commercials and, and tours. We did all the major tours. You know, you talk about Tom Petty totally. and, uh, you know, Pink Floyd and <laughs> all these different, uh, you know, bands we did. Mm-hmm. But we also imaged all these uh, radio stations and stuff. So I don't know if Joe was the voice of that station, but I know we did the it's TV possible. commercials. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure. It was a while ago. Yeah. I've, so I, one thing, you know, as it happens in radio, your time is up and your position is eliminated. And from what I thought would maybe be the end of my career in radio was actually the first step into what I feel is my ultimate form. And being here in Chicago, I just celebrated my 10th anniversary on Q101. Wow. Yeah, I remember when you first came in, you were at, uh, (laughs) they had another frequency. We're not going to bring up all the different frequencies about how the station went through. That's okay. I moved here to launch Q87.7. Right. It was the first alternative station on the airwaves after Q101 went away. Right. And it was on a crazy place because it was on 87.7. Yeah, not every radio went down that low. (laughs) Yeah, and the fact that you kept an audience and built an audience, you know. Yeah, it was a very, well, and you had a huge hand in that because it was a very underground kind of guerrilla grassroots operation. I mean, there was only four of us. Mm -hmm. And we just had this vision, had this passion, what we wanted to bring back to the airwaves here in Chicago and immediately teamed up with you and started doing underground lounges at mm-hmm. JBTV. Those were so much fun. So fun. I yeah. mean, incredible bands would come in. Oh, yeah. Fallout Boy. Yeah. Um, oh, my gosh. The list is insane. Toadies. I got to sit and go through all of these. Um, dirty Heads. Um, Modest Yahoo stopped Modest by. Yahoo. With the, yeah. And, so uh, many. Yeah. I literally have a few hours. I think I sent yeah. you that a long time ago. Probably. Have you ever watched any of that? I always watch it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I always watch it. Yeah. So when you first went on the radio, 
how did that feel when you got people calling in? Wasn't it like a... Uh, a little nerve-wracking. <laughs> yeah, but it's sort of a cool experience because I remember when I was first on the radio at 93QFM in Milwaukee, a station I put on here, it was ethnic radio. And then they were going to sign off, but I just changed the format on a Friday. <laughs> on your own? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, Wait, see, were you the boss? I was everything. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. you are everything. No, literally the station uh, went through, uh, the owner shot and killed himself. It was an adult radio station with Henry Mancini and the Living Strings and all this crap. And they said, we're signing the station off. He has no will, but I'm going, so that means I got the weekend. And I went to a company called Radio Doctors and spent $5,000 on all these albums. And I just started playing rock and roll. But we would sign off at midnight. And at midnight, I said, if anybody's even out there listening, because I had no clue, and beep your horn, because I was on Wisconsin Avenue on 606 West Wisconsin. And all these people were beeping their <gasps> horns. And that's when FM radio was still not that, you know. Wasn't it? Yeah, it was like, <laughs> we were the only station. Wow. <laughs> and, How did that feel? Oh, incredible. That's what I was just saying to you about the first time you were on radio. To get the phone calls, and I'd put them live. And we never had prank phone calls ever. They were all very serious, like you get... You know, we love the music, we love this band, and, and they talked about that kind of stuff. I just thought it was so such an experience to have people going, getting relationships to your station, uh, getting divorced, <laughs> meeting new people, <laughs> going to concerts and stuff, you yeah, know. Yeah, it's crazy because, I don't know, when you think about it, radio is always there. Mm -hmm. Radio is always a part of everything, even if it's not right in the forefront. It's always somewhere yeah. in the picture. It's very, well, people discover music that way. Mm -hmm. And that's what, you know, I miss about late night radio stations where they used to have disc jockeys that would just play whatever. You know, it wasn't so tightly controlled. Well, sure. you can't just play these cuts, you know. Mm -hmm. We got to, like, play the right music and everything. But Well, maybe we'll get back there. Maybe one day the FCC will go away and we won't have to worry about that anymore. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's just a whole different time, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's so many ways to listen to radio. In fact, mm -hmm. I don't have a terrestrial radio, but I can hear you. On iHeartRadio, which is yep, weird. Is iHeartRadio? I, I thought it was another company. It is. That's one of those weird things where yeah. they bought um, this streaming app. Mm -hmm. So that's we're available on that. We're available on TuneIn is another one. But we have our own app, so you can just download the free Q101 app. Mm -hmm. And it's way more localized. It's got way more local features. You can actually even directly call the station through it. You can leave us a message. You mm -hmm. can text us. Um, enter contests that way so that's really cool yeah um but to your point i mean yeah radio has evolved in such a way and we've always had the mindset of we want to go where you are you know we don't want to make you chase us mm -hmm. um so we you know make sure that we're infiltrating the social spaces which is a huge way that people network and connect now is through you know, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat. It's You're a lot. so good at it, too. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. Um, but it's important because, you know, that's how some people listen. That's how some people reach out or have a relationship with us. Um, but you can always, of course, go to the website, stream us live at q101.com. Um, and now you can just ask your smart speaker to play Q101 and boom. Yeah. Alexa, play Q101. Yeah. Okay, and I need Lauren O'Neill's show. There you go. <laughs> so you like middays? I do. I love it. Yeah, because it gives you the best of both worlds. I can still go to shows. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm very sorry that a lot of morning show people can't. Yeah. Well, I don't know how, I, I never, you know, morning, you got to get up at like three in the morning or something. You know, and then you got to sort of prepare, mm -hmm. you know, and then just do it, you know, and yeah. uh, that's difficult. And you then know. you're done with work at 10 a.m. Well, yeah. not always. I, I say that that's kind of a misconception about radio is people think, oh, you're on the air from 6 to 10, and then that's your whole day. And but there's other stuff to do. You have to do promotion and production and stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. Tons of stuff. Prepare for the next day's show. You're always cutting commercials or promo spots or, you know, working on whatever. I mean, our jobs have expanded so much, and I think that that goes for a lot of industries right now is um, – you have to cover more bases. So, you know, doing 
things for the website, mm-hmm. doing, you know, just typical check-in stuff for um, kind of just jobs around the station. We all kind of help out and share. So Yeah. You guys got great facilities, too. I had a chance to see him a while back when Troy Hansen invited me down. And, yeah. <laughs> He's a good guy. It's yeah. very um, high-tech. Nothing like what I guess most of us in the industry are used to. We're used to like dirty, sticky boards. Well, that's the way the old days of radio faders was. that don't really work. And yeah, yeah. we've all worked you're, you're there. By this, you got the station in the middle of nowhere and there's your tower. <laughs> and then you got Held junk. up by duct tape. Yeah. Like we travel around to so many radio stations in the country and they were just dumps. I mean. Yeah. So but, we have the state of the art facility that they built us. I'm not even going to remember the right year now. Um, well, they used to be at the Merchandise Mart. years ago, Mart. yes. Yeah. So we have moved from Merchandise Mart, then we were on State Street for a hot minute shacking up with our sister stations, WLS, AM, and FM. WLS. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then we all moved to NBC Tower, and I mean, the you know resources we have at our fingertips are incredible. It's, everything mm-hmm. is state-of-the-art. Everything is brand new. I mean, it's the nicest chairs I've ever sat in, Yeah, which is a weird thing to think about, but... Hey, you got to be comfortable. Everything is beautiful, <laughs> and every day I go in there, I just hope I don't break anything. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Do you get to play your music nice and loud in the studio? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. we got a real nice playback system. Uh-huh. I saw you tweeted out a picture of yourself with the headphones, you know, mm. and you're, you're listening. Oh, the Smashing Pumpkins, this is great, you know? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that new song, Beguiled, just that riff. Yeah, yeah. So sick. And Jimmy Chamberlain with his mm-hmm. drums and everything. Is I'm such really a- excited. They're, of course, putting out another huge rock opera, three-part, 33-song album. And I'm sure there'll be a huge you know, TV part docuseries that goes with it. I mean, I don't know. I feel like whenever William Patrick Corgan does yes. anything, he does it <laughs> huge. Um, they also did something really cool at the Metro show where, um, you know, uh, if you don't know, Billy Corgan has uh, a tea house in Highland Park and has for years called Madame Zuzu's. And unfortunately, all the local businesses were affected by the tragedy mm-hmm. on July 4th with the parade shooting. And so he's gone out of his way to raise money. Yeah, he did for a these special broadcast businesses. from there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with a bunch of, uh, you know, Perry Farrell and a bunch of friends came in. The guys from Bob Moses helped him out with that. Um, but we did a special edition T-shirt, Q101 Smashing Pumpkins collaboration that we sold at the show, mm-hmm. and all the proceeds went to the Highland Park, you know, local business fund. That's so good. So yeah. he's a good dude. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and an ultimate perfectionist too. Yeah, I mean, he's, <laughs> I thought I was the ultimate perfectionist. Yeah, I would but... not want to be his producer. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, and he had a nice studio. I don't know if he still has it, but he had a nice recording studio just for him. You know, have you been in it? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, we did the um, uh, we did a couple of DVDs for the Smashing Pumpkins. Okay. And the '93 show was on one of them. And uh, so we put that together. So we visited him, you know, and he's just like... You should do a revisit. I know. It's just, it's hard to, you know, to... I'm sort of, you know... Have your people call his people. (laughs) I don't have any people. (laughs) I'm like the way you were at the beginning. (laughs) This is your people. I'll get little Jerry to do it. Get those concerts booked, you know. So, so I want to play some music. What should we play on the show? Oh, gosh. Um, Do you know what I want to hear? Hmm. The Local H show from, okay. from the studio. Okay. And yeah. I also shot them at Chicago's Metro. Can we do one from each? Yeah. And they had the two drummers doing. Uh-huh. Joe yeah. and Ryan. Yeah. Which was one of those shows. That was yeah. historical. Yeah. And, that and, was a whole weekend. Yeah. Yeah. That was two evening shows at the Metro. They did a daytime acoustic show. Right. At the upstairs theater at the Metro. Yeah. The top note theater. That's totally haunted. Yeah, it is. It's definitely haunted. <laughs> and it's so weird because it's so small. I remember we did a thing with uh, Tori Amos there. Really? Yeah. Well, Tori would come to the show quite a bit, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, but we did a, a little thing with her there and uh, that was a little private show. But it's hard getting up there because for those that don't know, the Metro is like a great location. It's got the you know, the main stage, then it's got the, the smart bar downstairs. Mm-hmm. But then you go up these little stairs all the way up where Joe's office and all the production people are. And then you go into this little door and here's this old theater. 
that it just takes you right back into the good old days. It's like a secret spot. Not even a lot of people know that it's there. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to shoot in there, though, because it's so it's on such an angle with the chairs and everything. But, uh, you know. Special place. Yeah, very special. Place. The Metro is just, you know, what Joe Shanahan's done with that location. And, he's a class uh, act. Yeah, and he's a cancer survivor, too. Yeah. And I consider, you know, he and I have talked about this many a time where the two of us have similar things. Mm-hmm. He had the Metro where he would go from chemotherapy or through his cancer, but he would have the Metro mm-hmm. always there. So he'd get to see all these shows and book all this great stuff. That is what makes music therapy. Yeah. You know, for the, the best times of your life and the worst times of your life, music is always there, you know. And that's what you're doing with Q101, you know. I love my job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So what other bands you want to see? Well, you brought up Tori Amos. I want to see some Tori. Well, I haven't. It's all interviews we did with her. Oh, no music? Okay. Yeah, we never really recorded her live. She would always have these good stories, though, you know. And then Joey Ramone would stop by quite a bit, you know. That's cool. He was another, but uh, those were just interviews back in the day. I didn't start doing live music. I did live shows at the Metro and the Riv and the Aragon and places like that. Mm -hmm. But I never did the in-studio stuff until... Gotcha. I, I got tired of, you know, it takes... When you shoot a show at a, at the Metro, well, you got to get there at ten in the morning. Mm-hmm. Then you set up all your gear, and then you wait around to sound check around two thirty or three, and then you don't do anything till they start playing at eight or nine, or it's a late show at ten. <laughs> and then you're there. Uh, then the, everything's done around midnight or one, and then you're there till three in the morning. You know, taking all the gear out, sure. and then I'd go back to the studio with all the tapes, and I'd start editing. Yeah, you wouldn't even sleep; you'd just go right no. to work. No, because I had, you know, I'd be running camera, and I had, I was so honored, you know, to to be there, to shoot camera and go. Oh, I got this edit. I need this shot. I need this shot. You know, so. Do you know what I want to hear? Hmm. The Joy Formidable. Oh yes. Yeah. Yes. They uh, performed twice. You were there when we had the big gong. Remember, they bought the Zildjian mm-hmm. gong in. <laughs> it was awesome. It was like, we got to change the whole stage around because where are we <laughs> going to put this thing? <laughs> and it weighed a ton. It was like, you know. And I think they just used it for one or two segments. Like, boom, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Joy Formidable right here, right now on JBTV. I'm Jerry Bryant with Lauren O'Neill. And this is a very special edition of JBTV where we're just talking about music and a lot more. <laughs> you know, this is going to be a podcast. It's going to be a JBTV show on our station that we... I'm still on TV doing stuff. And then I got my public access show, too. I still do that. Love it. Have not missed an episode in 39 years. insane. Yeah. That's a record for sure. It's got to be, yeah. What's, we got to get you some kind of trophy. Well, I don't, I'm not into that, you know. Although we got some Emmys I threw here, so... <laughs> All right, there you, you know. go. But, eh, you know, what does it mean? Nothing, you know. It's a nice hat rack. It, that's what it is, you know. Also, I got to uh, thank you for sending me, uh, getting me in touch with this guy right here. You're welcome, Andy Fry. You're going to love that book. It's I've already gotten through it. it it's reliving You're the You're done night. with it? No. I just, oh, okay. You know, what's cool, he gave me this little bookmark, too, you know, so I can keep up. So you can tell how far I've gotten. Okay. <laughs> so, no spoiler alert, but this is a book, and he is a wonderful writer. He's written for... Forbes, he does a lot of sports stuff, a lot of um, sports interviews, I think, for ESPN and stuff. But um, he's also just a mutual friend through a uh, foundation that's near and dear to both of our hearts called Katie's Kids um, that helps the children from the Schwab Rehab Hospital. So every year we do, um, you know, bring Christmas to them at the hospital and presents and Santa and dancing and um, wow. and then throughout the year Katie gets these kids together and gets them out to the beach and just things that um, you know a lot of them need assistance they are in wheelchairs or they need help walking and um, it's a, just an amazing group and they're right out of Chicago right here uh, tied in closely with Liars Club also so we're kind of just always bouncing around each other because of this incredible foundation and he just wrote this book, and it's 90 Days in the 90s. It is a maybe fictional, but there might be some truth to it, uh-huh. um, setting of what if you could get on the CTA and go back in time to the 1990s, to the music scene here in Chicago, 
and it kind of follows that journey. It was an amazing time, the yeah. 90s. Yeah, it was. Yeah, you were there. <laughs> yeah. That was before my time. But. Yeah, and it's amazing. It has these two girls that inherited mm-hmm. a record shop, mm-hmm. and uh, you, you think, you know, at the time, they're sort of snobs with music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you cert- well, I don't like that music at all, yeah. you know, but uh, nowadays, the music is all blending together, mm-hmm. you know. And it uh, it's mixing so well, but yep. the, the '90s was an incredible time. I I've lived uh, JBTVs lived through the best times mm-hmm. in music, I think. You know, and it's it's still continuing. It hasn't ended at all. But you know? JBTV has been a big part of some of the best times in music in Chicago. Not yeah. just survived it. I yeah. mean, you've been a big part of it. That's true. Yeah, yeah. So, and I think you always will be. Yeah. Well, I'm never giving up music. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an old man now. I'm going to be 71. So, you know, I'm an old. I guy. know. God bless you. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. You stay young with music. Let me tell you. So, you know. So, but, what is your favorite music? Oh, I got, what is your favorite band? I I don't have any. You know, I look at all the bands I have, and I listen to your radio station. Oh, I love this. Oh, I love this. How can you possibly rate music? It's like going to an art museum and saying this painting's better than this one. They all got their individuality. They're all you know. But I like you know. I'm just a sucker for good music. Yeah. You know? All right. Way yeah. to skirt the question. Yeah, yeah. Well, I like <laughs> the new that. Smashing Pumpkins, you know. Yeah. Uh, Portugal the Man. They're yeah, another wonderful. One. Yeah, we've had them on oh the show. Oh, my gosh. That was early on. I think one of my first interviews with you yeah. was with John Gorley of Portugal the Man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, so, you know, I mean, there's so many, but I go back, you know, I mean, we did the Pink Floyd tour, uh, mm-hmm. so, you know, and... Uh, that was an amazing time, you know, uh, just to be there for that period, you know. So, and we did all those rock tours. So, I'm sort of into the classic music too, sure. along with the new music, but it all blends together for me. So, okay, okay. Well, know. speaking of Portugal, the man, why don't we check out their performance? This is their first performance right here, right now on JBTV with the lovely, the beautiful Lauren O'Neill with Q101, Chicago's alternative. <laughs> See, I could do radio again, but I'll guess I'll never will. But <laughs> why not? I don't know of any station that would want me. So <laughs> why wouldn't they? You've got a voice like butter. Yeah. Well, you know everything about music. Do you ever hear of Ben Hollis? He did a show called Wild Chicago, and in, in, uh, here. How long ago? Oh, a while back. Oh, okay. You probably weren't here then. You know. But uh, he's he's another guy that I've been doing stuff. We call it like Ben and Jerry. <laughs> oh my goodness! Please don't get sued. <laughs> How can we get sued? He's I'm Ben, ben and Hollis. Jerry. <laughs> he's Ben Hollis, and I'm Jerry Bryant. Hey, we're Ben and Jerry. <laughs> maybe you should go by Jerry and Ben. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want Ben to have the first thing. You know, or maybe you should have a celebrity couple name like you know, like Benifer. Benifer. Maybe it should be Barry. <laughs> Barry, I like that TV show on HBO. <laughs> Do you watch a lot of TV ever? Um, not really. No. I mean, any good movies you've been at lately? No, I don't go to movies. You go to concerts. I go to concerts. <laughs> That's um, no, but uh, I usually watch maybe a little something at night before bed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm actually into Barry right now. Um, in the third season, I guess. Yeah, right? I'm not sure, but uh, and, um, yeah. yeah, that's a great show. Um, I know I'm decades late, but. I'm watching 30 Rock. Oh, that's still. a good show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> still in the seventh <laughs> season of that. Um, but I was chasing it around because I think it was on Netflix for a while. And then I still had a season left and they pulled it. So I had to find it yeah. on. I used to like Twin Peaks when that was on. That uh, Twin Peaks? I don't think I ever saw that. Oh, that was a strange show. So, you know. I saw Arrested Development. Love uh-huh, that. uh-huh. Um, I don't know. I've been watching a lot of the music documentaries that have been coming out. There's been so many good ones. Mm-hmm. Um, both of the Woodstock documentaries I thought was were very interesting. Yeah. Well, the 99 one where they had the uh, riot and everything, and their MTV is there, and they're like going, we hate MTV. <laughs> I know. Makes me very appreciative for how well things in Chicago festivals are planned and put together when you see something like the Woodstock 99 documentary and people – Sliding around and porta potty water oh, and I know. showering and brushing their teeth. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, we actually do things the right way up here. <laughs> and, yeah, well, every festival, especially Lollapalooza and Riot Fest, mm-hmm. are run so professionally. Mm-hmm. You know, but even our block parties, which if you're not in the Chicago area and you haven't been here, 
I feel like that's a very Chicago land thing is mm-hmm. having a block party, having, I mean, you have the do three, one, two block party pop up and a band like local H would headline or, you know, another national band. Um, I mean, gosh, there's so many, like literally every neighborhood has some Something kind of block on. party, yeah. do division fest, wicker park fest, um, rib fest, uh. rib fest <laughs> Roscoe village, burger fest. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I feel like this city obviously was built on the roots of blues and jazz, right. and that's still very prevalent here, but it's just a music city, and there's p- the people here appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. They don't, uh, you know, it's like, I remember Green Day came in the studio, and I said, you know, when we're out in L.A., they come up in limos and stuff, and they all go like, entertain us, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and here... The music fans are into the music, you know. Yep, we're in the pit. We want to be right up front, sweating, singing, dancing. Yeah, yeah. It's been a great summer of music. It has it's going to be a great winter of music. And uh, so let's let's. I want to do more uh, music that uh, we can play here. All right, what should we play next? Think of some bands that you've actually uh, actually. I want to see new music. I'll get videos. I'll find videos for whatever. Okay. Let's. Introduce you to Giovanni and the Hired Guns. Cool. With Ramon Ayala. So you're so good. <laughs> oh, I can't even roll my tongue. This is all fake. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I'm trying so hard to pronounce this damn name. <laughs> so I was talking to Gio. Like, please, I apologize to the entire country of Mexico before I even attempt this, but I've been working on it. I think mm-hmm. I'm doing better. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Any other bands? Um. Hmm. Ooh, Tovlo has an amazing new song, and the video is slightly racy, uh-huh. but it makes a statement. It is. It brings um. We'll call it Wonder Woman with B D E, if you know what I mean. Um. Yeah. It's called To Die For. Wow! I remember it's we bad. had her uh, play live on our show. Uh huh. You know. It's so good to see artists at the beginning, isn't it? Like that, with that intimate experience. Yeah. Yeah, which you're still doing with the Underground Lounge, right? Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, well, we just call it the lounge, but yeah. Oh, it's just we the have, lounge now? We have all kinds of bands coming in, um, big and small. We just had, I had Phoenix in, mm-hmm. um, who are always just the loveliest. Yeah. The loveliest. Yeah. Um, man, who else? Modest Mouse, All Time Low. Um, I feel like we're just kind of getting back into the gear of things post-pandemic, mm-hmm. having people back in the building. So it's been feeling really good. Yeah, yeah. I think everybody's just been ready, you know, ready for live music, and ready for hugs and ready to just be around each other after being locked up and sequestered away for so long. <laughs> you know, I think JBTV was the first to get the radio stations to build little studios to do these things. I agree. You know, because before that, nobody... Nope, nobody it, thought of it. Nobody You're the innovator. Yeah, I go, you got to put them on TV, and you know, so you got video of it, and you got to do this, and you got to record it right, and everybody's doing it now, which is cool. But I'm going to build another studio. I'm committed to figure out how to do it, so... Build it, they will come. Yeah, I don't know how to, you know, and then you'll have to come and host a bunch of shows again. You know? I'm in, yeah. and I got a hammer, so I can help. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want a 40 by 80 foot stage. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Actually, I had a 40 by 50 foot stage at the old studio, so mm-hmm. which is about the size of uh, Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. I remember we had BTSN, that, that band. <laughs> yeah, that and was a big day. That was their first television appearance mm-hmm. in America. And they came in going, like, we're used to like gigantic stages. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they hadn't had an intimate situation in so long because they were, I mean... One of the biggest bands on the planet. Huge. Yeah, yeah. And then he played uh, uh, one of the, the shows at uh, Lollapalooza, mm-hmm. you know. Although I thought it was funny, he had like a script or you know, the monitors mm-hmm. where they had everything written out for him, you know. So, because it was a lot of English, I'm sure he didn't. Oh, sure. <laughs> Which I couldn't, I, I don't know how, I, I don't know how artists even remember all the lyrics, you know. That is one thing I've always wondered. Yeah. Uh, my brain just doesn't function like today i was listening to your show and you played rem as the end of the world you know and you know he's got all this these fast lyrics Mm -hmm. going in there you know and that song that's a good example of an rem song that is so 
meaningful right now、mm-hmm. because it sort of feels like the end of the world. You know, hurricanes <laughs> and this and all this crazy stuff. You know, it just shows you how music. Never really gets dated. It just gets better. It's like a good wine, you know. Do you know what I love right now that I'm noticing, especially with the platform TikTok,、mm-hmm. which notoriously there's you know a younger crowd on,、um, but this younger generation is discovering all the music that we grew up with and love,、mm-hmm. and they're discovering it for the first time. Yeah, and they know it from. Some viral video or something that somebody did a dance to or whatever, or、I、in、mean. a movie they'd hear these songs. Yeah, you know? I mean,、uh, Fleetwood Mac had a huge resurgence from TikTok,、yeah. and Kate Bush had a huge resurgence from the show、uh, Stranger Things. Right, right. So it's just very cool, and Metallica even jumped on that too, and they、uh, talked about that at Lollapalooza, and it's just so neat to see. I don't know. I feel like it's easy for. The older generation to discredit the younger generation, say, "Ah,、oh, these damn kids—they don't know music." But that's not true. They're、yeah. actually passionate and thoughtful, and discovering it for the first time. And、um, I remember discovering those same songs and the magic that I felt.、Mm-hmm. And now to see a whole younger generation doing the same thing is just so cool. Yeah, talking about a younger generation, how's your daughter Betty doing? <laughs> She's doing wonderful.、Uh-huh. Um, she is eight years old now. Wow. She.、Uh, I remember you had her in for birthday parties at the studio. Yep, we had almost every one of her birthday parties at the studio. I think minus one year. Yeah. Yeah. But you've always just been so generous with your space and your time and your staff, and I don't know. It's always it's made a huge impact on myself, my family. How's、uh, is she into music? She is. Yeah. So what is she listening to? She say like I don't like the stuff you're playing. I like this new music. She you know? is in between. So she has the、um, aftercare program that she goes to after school. They、mm-hmm. actually listen to a lot of music. Ah. So she's getting a lot of stuff from that. She watches a lot of shows and movies that have music themes, and then she'll kind of go. So she has her own playlist. And we typically, after homework, we'll have dance parties while we're cooking dinner, or you know, before we eat, after we eat. And so she's got a lot of bands that I have introduced her to,、mm-hmm. like Local H. She loves、um, her father. You know, has always played guitar for her her whole life. So a lot of Willie Nelson from、uh-huh. him, and a lot of his music. Also, his original music is on there that she loves. How's Jay's music doing? Hey, what's he doing? Amazing!、Now? He just put out a brand new EP,、yeah. Langston Co. And、um, it's just so—I don't know—I'm biased. I have to be, but it's so unique. It's one of those、um, artists that you cannot put into a box and say, "Oh, well, he sounds like,"、mm-hmm. or "This is this kind of music," because it's—you get so many different vibes.、Um, every song is so different. Uh, which I love. I think it keeps it interesting. Yeah.、Um, but he just released "Survive the Fall," and it's a song that just makes you feel. I don't know the the perseverance that we have. You know, making it through the seasons here in Chicago kind of translated into a song that also means just making it through life. You know,、mm-hmm. so. I'm a big fan. Well, that's good. <laughs> well, you are so blessed. You have such a beautiful family. I am very blessed. Yeah, and、uh, so, what's your favorite food you're making now? Because you cook a lot. I saw you I tweeted something out. You made some salsa thing or something. Yes,、yeah. I cook a lot. I try to share.、Um, I am an avid Chicago backyard gardener. To my own detriment, <laughs> so I'm in a constant battle with squirrels、oh, wow. <laughs> and birds.、Uh-huh. Um, but we have learned to kind of cohabitate.、Mm-hmm. I just here's my thing, and if any squirrels are watching, I'm talking to you. I don't care if you take a tomato and go feed your family. Please, I'm here to share with you. Please take it. Don't take five tomatoes. Take one bite and then leave them on the ground to rot because that is what pisses me off. 
Ah, those darn squirrels. Those darn squirrels is a book that I read to my daughter, actually. Oh, really? It is. Wow. <laughs> but, I saw a, a, a video where a squirrel jumped into some guy's office. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and he's like screaming, you know, he's on like Zoom call or something. <laughs> but go on, you were, I interrupted you. I was just saying, um, so we've grown a lot of tomatoes this season, a lot of peppers. So I've been loving trying to figure out new recipes, incorporating all of our local ingredients. So um, I guess a lot of salsas. I've been stuffing a lot of peppers mm-hmm. um, and just kind of baking them, kind of like jalapeno poppers, but not fried. Okay. Which is a move for sure. Great game day snack. Just slice open all your hot peppers, scoop out the seeds, and then stuff them with, I like to mix cream cheese, um, shred some sharp cheddar, seasonings, garlic, paprika, and then just bake them really hot, like 450, and they char, and they're delightful. Wow. Cooking with Lauren. (laughs) That could be a show. That would be a great show. (laughs) You can see what a mess I just... Well, cooking total chaos in my kitchen when I cook yeah. because I am not a recipe person. I am a terrible baker. I am very creative and take a lot of liberties. It's a process. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. And it good. usually turns out good, but Well, food is a religious experience in itself. Sure. I mean, literally you're making something from scratch mm-hmm. and it, it whether it's good or bad, you'll still sort of enjoy it. It's yeah. not like, you know, especially if you grew it and then took the time to cook it, then you're like, I'm really invested into this pepper right now yeah i always loved uh, gardening when i was a kid i had a garden too you know yeah? i thought that's what i would do you know i grew tomatoes really? and things oh yeah oh my god carrots i tried to do corn but that isn't you have to have a field for corn yeah you know i can't even imagine jerry bryant the farmer if we could get oh. a photoshop of you with like a cowboy hat and some overalls and nah, a piece of straw I'll in your mouth black jeans <laughs> t-shirt totally <laughs> You'd be, I'm rocking these fields. <laughs> I actually played music when I was a kid. I had a speaker that I'd play for the plants, you know. Oh, I actually heard that plants uh, respond to music. They do. And um, I had a uh, orchid over there. And through all of my, they gave it to me in my first surgery. And it, it just started blooming. And then every surgery, it would go dormant. And then when I'd come back, there would be all these buds. And it would be like... The plant was sort of like helping me get through all the different things I was going through. It's weird, isn't it? That's beautiful. And I've never done much with plants that way, you know. And uh, so I still have it over there. It's now, now that I survived my open heart surgery, it's sort of in dormancy again. I guess it's, it's waiting for my next surgery, so. No, there won't be any more. I know. I know, but, uh, you know, I'm sort of, you know, there's a funny thing that I talk to cancer survivors when they tell you only have 30 to 60 days to live. Ugh. And then you sort of prepare for it. And then my Dr. McGee I ran into, you know the story, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, he saved my life, you know. Yeah, he says, you were within hours of losing, you know, the tumor was a baseball size, ready oh to explode. God. And I go, well, I want to do Lollapalooza this year. We got a band coming in. <laughs> we got the Wombats coming by. <laughs> but uh, but after you find out, it's like they go, yeah, you've, you're you're recovered now. You don't have to worry about all this. You're, and I'm going like, oh, I was like used to going to the hospital there three days a week. <laughs> well, we're done with all that. <laughs> I'm done with good. all that. Yeah, I'm 100 percent now. So I know, you know, I'm so proud of you. And that's why I'm so happy I built the studio so I could start doing interviews and stuff. And I'm going, Lauren O'Neill's got to be on the show because you and I have never talked. We've, That's right. We've always just worked together. We've worked together. You'd be doing an interview. I'd be running and doing this. Mm-hmm. Then I would do some. And, and we never had a chance to just sit down and talk, which is what... And I never sat for interviews ever. I know. Ever. Except for Joey Ramone, you know, because uh, he didn't he didn't want to stand. He was so tall, too, you know. But uh, so he wanted to sit for interviews. I go, no problem, you know, so... This is this is what I'm doing. We still got your carpet, right? Yeah. Well, this is one another carpet. Yeah, I still got the original. The original carpet. Carpet. Yeah. That Jeff Buckley stood on. Yes, Jeff Buckley came by many a time. Another great concert, you know. Yeah. Ooh, let's see that one. Yeah, Hallelujah. Yeah. The full version. Do you know that's in the uh, Cohen movie? That uh, footage that we shot at the Metro. I did not know that. Yeah. And that was at the you know they talk about you know Billy and the Cor- Corgan. Uh, I mean William. <laughs> Patrick Corgan at the 93 Siamese Dream uh, show he goes quiet I want it quiet and it was hard to get the place quiet Jeff Buckley when he played that song 
it was never that quiet ever. I mean, it was amazing because he was like so on the guitar and it was like after 10 o'clock where there's supposed to be a curfew, but it went over, but it didn't matter. And that was one of the last songs on tape. You know, what an artist, you know. Did you ever meet him? No. Oh, wow. Unfortunately not. Yeah, you know. So, anyhow, here is Hallelujah by the late, great Jeff Buckley. And uh, it's just a great, great song, Mm -hmm. you know. And he, He did the original lyrics, too, for that one, you know. That's awesome. And at the Metro. Oh, it's cool. Are you having fun here? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Any I other like... bands you want to talk about? Or I'm trying to think. It's so hard to put you on the spot. Like you say, Jerry, what are your favorite bands? And I go, <laughs> let's see. I got about 5,000 of yeah, them now. Yeah, it's like and picking a favorite kid. Where do you start? You know, I it's don't like hard know. to. And it's so, I feel like, you know, I should know. You know more, but but every time I hear something, oh, I love this song. Oh, I love this song. You okay, know? you know what I just remembered, and I want to say it was during one of the last marathons that you did, the drinking and driving mm-hmm. marathons. Um, let's dig into a Wall Nation oh, at JBTV. Yeah, yeah, they were at our show uh, twice. They came by, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. He's, yeah, let's definitely listen to some AWOL Nation. I love AWOL Nation. They've got Nation. a brand new album coming out, and it's always an incredible show. They'll be in Chicago, actually, next month. Oh, wow. So. Cool. See you at the show? Yeah. Well, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I'm very shy when I go I know. Out. I'm going to drag you out of here kicking you know, and screaming. I pretty much like, this, when I'm at shows or concerts, the same with Lollapaloozas and we'll Riot Fest. We'll get you a camera. You can hide behind it, and you'll I, be fine. I'm in the back of the crowd. I like to be way in the back. I know you. You know, I never like going on stage and introing shows and stuff. I've yeah, I go. Lauren O'Neill can do that because <laughs> <laughs> she loves doing that. You know? I do. And I want to thank you for hosting our benefit concert at Chicago's Metro. Of course, that was another uh, great. That you know, you talk about you know. 90 days in the 90s, uh, that show took me back to the 90s, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, with Kill Hannah. And, yeah, and uh, Local H Local and H. Stabbing Westward yes. and Plain White Tees, mm-hmm. Andrew W.K. I mean, it was just an incredible group of people. And Pierre, uh, the late, great Pierre, um, you know, he was battling cancer. Remember, we were at uh, the Hard Rock Hotel. We did a... Something where you wanted me to dance like or something. Like a pre-party, which I was yeah. Terrible at. I'm always trying to get Jerry Bryant dancing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I was talking to Pierre, who was battling really bad cancer too, and uh, it was just you know he couldn't play you know because he was doing that, but he still made it out and did things. Yeah. So, uh, well, that's just a testament to the amazing person that you are, and what a legacy you've built here and beyond, and how you've inspired other people so much that they would do anything for you, mm. you know? Well, that's that's amazing. <laughs> I never looked at it that way. I just sort of looked at it. I'm a music fan, you know? And, well, it's true. And you I like, give so much, and people just want the opportunity to give back to you. So. Well, that was one of those shows, you know? But let's see some Naked Ray Gun. Let's watch Yeah. Yeah, and this was done one of the, uh, I think, the first or the second Riot Fest at the Congress Theater we shot. Oh, wow. Yeah. See, Riot Fest started out at different theaters in Chicago. And uh, were you here then for that? No. The very beginning, I, no, I think the first year I was here was the first year it was outside. But I've been to Congress. I've actually seen Lamb of God at Congress Theater. Mm-hmm. Um, I think before they were condemned for the 300 the place apart. fire yeah. <laughs> violations or whatever. I remember being at that show going, huh, what if this roof's going to hold up? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it was quite, a, quite a place. It's amazing. I, I, I think these old theaters, though, have such... I, my dream was to actually own a theater when I was a kid. And bring them back, dude. Uh, Congress know. Theater, Uptown Theater. I'm hoping that these people with the money get in there and do so it right. It costs so much to renovate them, though. Sure, and, but... You know, You'll make that back once you fix it up, start booking bands, have some bigger shows. And there's a new Double Door starting, isn't there? Or has mm-hmm. it, is it started yet? Or They have done some preliminary kind of Sunday fun day shows, mm-hmm. uh, but it is nowhere near done. But they are gearing up for that. So the space is there. It's being worked on. It's in Uptown. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually the old Wilson Theater, um, which was a bank. Or something. Trying to remember... Yeah. It was a theater, then it was a bank, or um, what the full story is there. I haven't been able to see it in person yet, but I'm hoping soon. But yeah, that's coming. Double Door will be back. It's a shame how the Double Door 
the original Double Door is gone now. And it's a Yeti cooler store. Yeah. Well, look at JBTV. Our old studios are now uh, condos. And I'm saying somebody who's going to live on the fourth floor mm-hmm. at that studio is going to have the history of that music that was oh, there. Oh, they're going to get all the mojo. Yeah. You know. And then my old, old studio at, on Ohio Street is a pot shop now. Well, that makes sense. And I sort of, <laughs> I ran into one of the guys that worked there in the street, and I, I said, you know, I probably smoked more pot with the bands than you've sold so far. <laughs> I guarantee that's right. <laughs> so, uh, you know. Oh, my goodness. A little, but you don't smoke or anything, do you? No. I partake a little, usually just to go to sleep at night. Yeah. Yeah, it's a you know it's sort of a thing I like doing all the I time. Know. One day I'm gonna smoke with you. Yeah, you know what I like when I like smoking is when I'm editing. Mm-hmm. You know, because I'm very hyper. Get in the zone. And I like it slows me down a little yeah. bit. You know, but other times I don't like smoking. I don't like smoking out and going out and doing stuff and you know like in shows and stuff. I don't like getting you know because I don't get really stoned. I just sort of get mellowed out a little. You know. So, well, there we go. Drug talk on JBTV. <laughs> <laughs> this is your show from downtown Chicago. And Lauren O'Neill has been in the radio business since, well, since the beginning days of alternative music. <laughs> oh, God damn it, Jerry. <laughs> She's now 85 years old <laughs> and doesn't look a day over 20. <laughs> it's the Malort. <laughs> the Malort, yeah. <laughs> so is that one of your sponsors? No. Oh, do no, you like I that? I just like Malort. What does that taste like? I've never had it. Oh. You haven't had it? <gasps> I have some in my bag. Yeah, I don't drink, I know though. you don't drink. You know. Um, it's the nectar of the gods. Really? Yes. So do you mix it with something? No. No, you just take it straight? I drink it straight. I do have a girlfriend, Melissa, who bartends at Easy Bar, right, uh, in Wicker Park, that invented me a cocktail. So when we were all locked up for the pandemic, I would trying to support local bartenders, local bars. I remember um, that. You had different drinks at different places. Do a feature yeah. that I would have them make me a cocktail, and then I would try to recreate it in my basement bar, mm-hmm. um, sometimes successfully. <laughs> <laughs> but she made this awesome recipe, because she knows I like Malort, so she incorporated it into what she called the Chicago Staycation, because um, it was summer, we're locked up. So I put on, the first rule was, got to wear a Hawaiian shirt. And so you do that, uh-huh. and then it's like a huge glug of vodka, a banana, some grapefruit juice, and you blend and tons of ice. You blend it all up, and then you top it with Malort. Uh. It is fantastic. Even if you don't actually like Malort, unlike me, uh-huh. who does? Um, it's creamy and bitter and... I don't know. Delicious. Ooh, I kind of want to make one right now. <laughs> you got a blender? <laughs> Do I have a blender? I've never used it. I have a blender, though. <laughs> Let's give her a maiden voyage. Voyage. <laughs> I got all this stuff in the kitchen, and I don't cook. You know, I, I make TV dinners and stuff. It's terrible, you know. Although I, I started to uh, grill chicken. I started doing that. That's good. Or, well, bu- well, not uh, in, in the oven at four. How much kale have you had since the last time I saw you? None. <laughs> I know you would always bring always stuff at the studio. Here, here's an apple. Jerry's. Here's some uh, celery. You got to eat this <laughs> stuff, you know. Because <laughs> I care. Yeah. I want you to live forever. Well, I used to, you know, live off of Carson's cheeseburgers for the longest time. You know. I sent you one for Christmas. Oh, thank you. That was great. <laughs> and you know, they moved, and I haven't had a Carson's for ages, and it was just as good. I, I, I think it's important for restaurants and as, as you talk about different drinks and things, when you go somewhere, you want it to be pretty close to what you remember, right? Sure. So that is what makes a great restaurant or a great bartender or a great location. The same thing with the band. You know, when you go see a band, you expect a certain level and you always get a little more, hopefully, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. Thank you, Lauren. Thanks, Jerry. And you're always invited back. And uh, thanks Very again much. for uh, giving me getting in touch with this book. I'm going to get him on the show, too. Awesome. Yeah, so we're going to do that. And he's so. good people. Cool. And then, of course, we got to get your husband on. Well, you know, Jay. He would love that. Yeah, yeah. Jay Langston, Langston Co. Just put out an EP and playing all around Chicago. Uh-huh. And then when your daughter gets in the music, when she starts her band, <laughs> I'll have her on the show, too. So She'll have a spot for sure. There you go. <laughs> so until next time, it's Jerry Bryant from the Windy City saying bye-bye, stay high. And, but, of course, keep on rocking and rolling with the best music, the best artists, and they're always here on JB TV. Bye-bye. JB TV. <laughs>
There you go, the JBTV podcast, where we bring you the best music, the best interviews, and it's all unscripted and totally unrehearsed. Follow us on all the social media and spread the word. This is JBTV Music Television, the JBTV podcast. JBTV. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shot? Would they shot? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom is dead. My mom is right there. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, the Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.